This is Gritty Girls, a place where you can come to process the issues and topics your girlfriends, family, or coworkers may or may not be discussing. However, you're thinking about these issues. Let's dive into them together. Hi, everyone. I'm Leslie Campbell. And I'm Christina Lee. We are the Gritty Girls. I'm already laughing and I haven't even read any of these yet. Okay, so so here's a good one. At Montgomery Wards, I was called over the intercom to come get my son because he was feeling up the mannequins in women's clothing. Oh, my God. But this is even better, okay? Back in the days of restaurants having smoking sections, the hostess asked, smoking or non? When I replied non, my six-year-old said, but you smoke pot, mommy. Oh, my God. <laughs> so, all right. So, what are we doing right now? We're sharing. What are we sharing? We're sharing these anecdotes. You know, uh, basically, I looked up um, online. So these you are know, true stories. These are true stories. Okay. Embarrassing um, episodes with your kids. <laughs> you know, it's like that show. Kids say the darndest things. Yes. Remember back when Art Linkletter. Mm-hmm. Right back in the fifties, right. when he had his show, um, and then uh, they revived it with um, Bill Cosby. That's right. Mm-hmm. I remember that in the nineteen nineties. Mm-hmm. Okay, so here's another one. You want to read it? Okay. As we showered at the pool, my nephew pointed to the man beside us and asked, "How come his is so much bigger than yours?" Oh, no. Oh my gosh. <laughs> Can you imagine that moment? I like this next one a lot. Okay, all right. A cashier at the store had a mole with hair coming out of it. My daughter asked, do you know there's whiskers coming out of that bugger on your face? Oh, (laughs) When I was pregnant with my youngest daughter, um, we explained to my older daughter that mommy has a baby in her belly and daddy put it there. Well, she always wants to be just like mommy. So she started going around telling people she has a baby in her belly and her daddy put it there. Oh, my gosh. You can imagine the looks I got. Yeah. I. That's so embarrassing. I love the last one. It, it might be the best one. Uh, I think so. Mm-hmm. I want... feel for this mom oh. and dad. I really do. Yeah. Daughter was rubbing my face with a small football earlier. She thought it was funny, so I let her carry on. Later on, we were in a restaurant when out of nowhere, she gives it. I gave my daddy a ball massage before. <laughs> We didn't stay for dessert. Wow. <laughs> Think about that moment. Yeah. Uh, right? I feel like cringing on the inside. I know. I'm just picturing how I would feel in that moment if that were my child. You know. I've it, had those moments before. Totally cringeworthy. I mean, right? no ball massages. Let me just get that clear. No ball massages. No ball massages. All right. right. Okay. But, you but know. But the embarrassment. Kind of- yeah. I've experienced, yes. Yes. And mm-hmm. every parent has had this. Mm-hmm. Every parent. Okay. I can't recall every one of them, but yes, I've had the, <gasps> I can't believe you said that. Those are things we should all be writing down. Oh, you know, and then the explaining away yes. of it, right? Mm-hmm. And feeling the cold sweat. Well, she said that because, or he said that because he was watching this. Yeah. And then it's worse if you're if you start to blunder your way through it mm-hmm. and 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 uh, start um, stammering like I just right. was doing. Uh, but but uh, <laughs> wait, wait, let me yeah. explain. Uh, uh. <laughs> and then you look more guilty. I know. It's terrible. It's not what you think. No. 
So, um, you know, these moments, uh, because we all have them, and you just want to say at that moment, oh, my gosh, that is not my kid. Right. That is not my child. Mm -hmm. Okay? Just don't call me mommy. So, um, you know, these are funny, right? Yeah, they were. These are funny. These are innocent exchanges. Right. They usually happen with young kids and can be so funny. Um, You can't be angry about it. No. Because it's totally unintentional, right? Not done with any malice. And certainly not with any intent to embarrass you. Right. But there are situations where parents aren't only embarrassed, but feel ashamed Mm -hmm. and responsible for their kids' actions. Probably more so than not. Yes. And in particular, one small group of parents whose kids' actions create heartbreak for those around them. Right. For example, kids who commit violent crime children who become drug addicts or, let's say, refuse to get a job. Yeah. Right? Those are really tough situations. But for the the vast majority of us, we experience one of two embarrassing situations involving our children. Uh, The first one is um, in the case where the child is behaving poorly. Right. So, you know, being disrespectful, hitting, cursing, screaming, clearly poor behavior. Right. And in the second case, the child is behaving differently from other kids. So not badly. No. Just different. Different. So if the child wants a really unique haircut, Mm -hmm. you know, he comes home and says, I want um, a Trojan. Yeah. You know, I want the, what do you call back in the 80s when they had the. A mullet. You know, I want a mullet or or dressing like the opposite sex. Yeah. Which I think will come up increasingly. Probably. So, you know, um, in the first case, what the parent ends up feeling when their child is behaving poorly is a number of beliefs uh, and ideas uh, start to um, arise. Uh, They believe they should be able to control their children's behavior. Right. They believe they should be able to prevent their children from behaving that way and acting out. They believe it says that they, the parent, is powerless. Right. Uh, It says that they're bad parents uh, or that they're irresponsible. Right. And all of that makes them believe that they're isolated and alone. You know what? I feel that in the case of a child behaving poorly, not only is the parent maybe holding some of those beliefs, but I feel like um, that's often what other people believe toward those children. You know, how often have we been in an airplane or a bus and there's a kid screaming on there and your first thought is, why won't those parents do something about it? Right. Yeah, we we judge those parents. We judge yeah. that child. Because we're, we're just seeing the surface. I know. We have I no know. idea what's going on. And we're parents I mean, and we still end up doing it. Yes, we do. We do. So what about the children who are just behaving differently from others? What are some of those beliefs that those parents hold? They also believe that they're isolated and alone. Um, They feel guilty for feeling ashamed of their kids. Mm -hmm. They have fears that their child will be picked on and bullied. They fear their child won't be accepted. They fear the child's difference will reveal their own sense of inadequacy, the parent's own sense of inadequacy. So... As I already said, mentioned to you, you know, this is where we as parents get really hard on ourselves, right? Right. Leslie, because we're all worried about what others might think of us because these are situations where we're in a public place Mm -hmm. and our children do something we're uncomfortable with and we're put on the spot. Right. I used to be a parenting expert, by the way. I don't know if you know this. 
but long before I had children. <laughs> the best time to be a parenting I expert. I was such an expert. Mm-hmm. I mean, so God laughed mm-hmm. and then gave me children, right? Yes. <laughs> right. Yeah. So, you know, I kind of had some of those preconceived ideas where, you know, I used to think that all difficult children were a direct result of bad parenting. Now, of course, if a parent does no discipline at all and is always giving in to the child's every whim, yeah, you're going to end up with a bratty child, child with poor behavior, right? Um, But that's not really what we're talking about. We're talking about parents that are really kind of doing everything they can, right? And even though they're doing the best that they know to do, the child still is displaying displaying some of these poor behaviors. Um, And I used to think the same thing. Well, my child would never do that. Um, And I used to take my children's behavior personally, you know. It was definitely a reflection of me. Um, And then I, too, would feel ashamed for being embarrassed about my child's behavior um, that, that's been probably the biggest struggle for me is just dealing with the embarrassment. Just as an example, um, I guess it was last year, my son was falsely accused of hitting a good little girl on the playground. Mm. And this little girl's a sweet little girl who everyone loves. Mm. And my child, Mr. ADHD, and, uh, the girl was crying. I mean, it was very believable that she had hit him. And, um, and you believed it. I believed it, too. I was very upset, um, you know, and I pulled my son aside, and I'm getting on to him. Of course, he's telling me he didn't do it, and I'm telling him, well, she, you know, everyone's saying that you did. I made him apologize to the little girl, so he did. He apologized for something he didn't do, and um, I told him that we would, you know, have a consequence later. As we were getting ready to go into my daughter's class, the mom of the little girl came up to me and said, I am so sorry, but I just found out that my daughter lied and Christian did not hit her. Oh, no. I know. And by that point, all of the other parents had left. And so all I could think was he was falsely accused and now everyone has this negative image in their mind. Um, And that was really tough to deal with. So, you know, you must have had just a rush of emotions. Oh, yeah. Yeah. You know what thought even crossed my mind? And it's so ridiculous. I wanted to send out a mass email that just said, my son did not hit so-and-so. But, I mean, how petty and little of me would that be? But, (laughs) you you know, know, I think the reason you felt that way was that you had come down on him. Mm -hmm. And so you had this guilt that was just lodged in your chest probably. Oh, yeah. And so um, it it was a way for you to kind of to make right what you were feeling. You yeah. Know, you felt a lot of guilt. So there's a plethora of books and websites chocked full of helpful tips. And for parents whose children are misbehaving in public, the first thing a parent should do is check her mindset. Mm. So according to James Lehman, um, therapist who had specialized in working with challenging children, he says, understand that you do not have absolute control over your children. You don't. We don't have absolute control over them. And then understand that you cannot read other people's minds. So you really don't know at that moment where you're feeling, when you're feeling really embarrassed, what others are really thinking. Yeah. Right. We We think we know. We think we know. They're probably grateful, actually, at that moment that it's you 
and not them. That's usually what I'm thinking. Because they've been there. Exactly. So he says in these embarrassing situations, we don't read people's minds in search of hope. No, we're actually looking for condemnation. Yeah. Because we're feeling so negative at that moment, that's what we're going to read their expressions to be is right. judgment and condemnation. We're expecting it and we're yes. geared up for it. That's right. So when we're trying to guess what the neighbor or mother-in-law is thinking, just tell yourself, I'm not a mind reader. I don't know what they're thinking. Stop the tape, you know, mm-hmm. playing in our heads and move on. He says this is also a way to promote calmness in yourself rather than panic. And also another um, uh, website I went to, according to Shabbat.org, um, they say, remember, kids are a work in progress. So don't be so hard on yourself. Right. Right? I know. They're growing. Yes, they're growing. And I think your story... And we are too. We are. We're growing. Yeah. Um, I think your story really um, uh, kind of touches on this because it, it really speaks to what you were feeling at that moment. Mm-hmm. So what were you feeling? You must have been flooded. My... F- well, of course, the first thought is shock mm. because my thought is my child knows not to hit another child. I mean, how many times have we've gone over that one, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, so that number one, especially, you know, since he's a boy, especially to lay a hand on a girl, that was another one of mine. And then um, after that initial shock, it's embarrassment. You know, you feel kind of all eyes on you, especially if it's in a very public place where people know you and they know your child and word spreads quickly Um, so then it becomes a matter of reputation and then you feel like everyone's looking at you to see how you're going to handle it. Do you feel small and tested? You feel kind of small. Yeah, definitely tested. Mm -hmm. Uh, you feel judged, even though you may not be judged at all in that moment. Like you said, a lot of the parents are probably thinking, Oh, I'm so glad I dodged a bullet and it's not my kid this time. Or they feel sympathy. Um, you know, you talk about playing the negative tape in your mind, right? And so for me, um, the worst thing in the world is failure. So that Mm. negative tape in my mind is usually, you're a failure. You are failing. You're failing yourself. You're failing your child. And, um, but that, that tape doesn't serve me and it doesn't serve my children. It doesn't make the situation any better. Um, so I've had to change that tape in my mind. And when you remind us that children are a work in progress, I have to remind myself that I'm a work in progress too. So even if maybe I don't handle a situation mm-hmm. as well as I should have, I can still learn from it, right? And then I can make those changes on later times because Very there will true. be later times. you know. But for me, I grew up in kind of a more authoritarian household not abusive let's get that clear Um, my parents are awesome I grew up in a house full of love but it was very much um, you do what you're told you don't need to ask why you just need to do it because I said so firm 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 they were firm firm. right Um, and so naturally when I had children I implored the methods that were used upon me because it's what I know right and so it's almost like you do what I say, and then when they don't, you're kind of shocked, like, wait a minute. You're indignant. <laughs> it didn't work. <laughs> you know? And But some of those methods worked with, with my first child. You know, she does not want to get in trouble, so just the threat of getting in trouble was usually enough to deter the bad behavior. Why can't they all be the same? I don't know, because then the other one came. 
And it just didn't work with him. And so I had to completely change, again, my mindset, like you mentioned earlier. Um, But before this shift, I felt very helpless. Mm -hmm. Um, I felt like nothing I was doing was working. But once I sought to truly understand my child and his needs and how he is communicating with me, then I was able to find solutions that worked. So um, you had to get to a place where you were able to not just worry about what other people thought of you, not to be caught up in all of the the torrid of emotions. Yeah. I I feel like I know him pretty well. Mm -hmm. I feel like I've gained a lot of discernment and discerning what's going on under the surface. Why are we behaving this way? Is there a need that's not being met? Or is he just being defiant? You know, because sometimes that's the case because he's a kid and kids aren't perfect. Sorry to break the news to anyone who thought their kid was perfect. There was someone on Facebook that said that her children did not have meltdowns. And all I could think was, Lord bless you. Um, If if you could only share your secrets with us, please. (laughs) She should be on the podcast. (laughs) Some people just don't have the meltdown DNA. But it's very rare. Very rare. Few and far between. You know, part of my issue is I like results now, um, regardless of what it is. And so the hardest part of being a parent and disciplining and trying to train them and shape them into being good, productive human beings is not seeing results right away. Um, I'm often very guilty of expecting more from my children than they're actually able to produce. And that results in frustration all around. They're frustrated. I'm frustrated. And I have to constantly remind myself that growing up and maturing is a process and that my job is just to be consistent and mindful of balancing love and being firm. So in cases where a child is um, embarrassing a parent unintentionally, because we just touched on what happens when um, kids are, you know, just behaving poorly. Right. So this is the case where your child is unintentional about it. They're just being, you know, themselves, mm-hmm. uh, which means that, you know, they're acting differently than most children. They're breaking a social rule that they don't know should be broke. That's you know, right. that they don't even know exists. Correct. So ParentingForSocialChange.com advises we need to check our own painful past to see if our child is triggering our own sense of inadequacy that we did not resolve as a child. I believe that uh, watching your own child do something that may embarrass himself makes us feel vulnerable, (laughs) right? We want to protect them or worse, distance ourselves from him by shaming him. Mm -hmm. right? In order to avoid confronting our own pain. Wow. The website goes on to say, um, as children, if we did not have safe adults in our lives who could help us make sense of all the feelings we had, those emotions didn't just magically disappear. They remained hidden until we experience a similar situation, in this case, with a child in our life. Just the other day, my oldest, my um, 11-year-old, didn't engage with two new boys who Mm -hmm. came for a play date. My 9-year-old acted normally. She's doing the quotes, y'all. Oh, yeah, normally (laughs) by playing with them, talking with them, laughing with them, while Ethan read. Yeah. Okay, or came over to give me some hugs. And inside, I was feeling uncomfortable. Mm -hmm. And I was feeling a little angry with him, actually. 
um, I was judging him mm. because he was being awkward. Well, clearly he felt maybe awkward, but maybe he didn't know what to do with it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, you know, it was clear to me and the boy's mother that Ethan was ignoring her kids. <laughs> So Ethan's behavior at that moment triggered my own social discomfort. That's mm. what was, you know, that was what was yeah. happening. Um, it was triggering my own insecurities about being an outcast. Yeah. And the crippling feeling that comes with not belonging. Yes. So, and, you know, the roots. So then you have to look at the roots, right? Yeah. And I know the roots of these feelings are in my own childhood. Mm-hmm. Um, they have to do with me being an immigrant at the age of seven, trying to assimilate in a new foreign environment here in the U.S. Right. Um, and, you know, if I were unaware of this old scar, um, I can end up saying some hurtful things, right, to my right. child. I could say, I could have said to him, you're being rude. Yeah. Right? Right. So instead of, so I could have said, you're being rude, or why are you acting so strangely? Yeah. Right. When the loving thing to say would have been not that I said that, but the loving thing to do is to say, hey, I noticed you didn't socialize with the boys who came over. You want to talk about it? Mm -hmm. Uh, And if he wanted to brush it off, I could then say, I know it's not easy meeting new people. Uh, It's always uncomfortable at first. And I just wanted you to know that's normal. Yeah. Um, they seem like nice boys, and if we have a play date again, maybe see if you'd like to play a game that you'd be interested in and get to know them better. I, I love that. I love how you framed your questions mm-hmm. uh, toward him because it's a loving approach, and it shows that you're his ally right. and that you're not embarrassed by him. Um, you're trying to help him learn to navigate new and different situations. But the key is that I could never get there if I was recycling my true. scars. Oh, that is so true. Re- so this is what happens when parents are unaware. Yes. We replay out our old hurts, mm-hmm. um, the things that have been done to us. We do it over and over again. Right. And so by being aware, by looking at why we're reacting mm-hmm. this way, then we can see, oh, gosh, this is that unresolved yeah. um, scar. Right. Um, and so thank goodness I didn't say those things to him, mm-hmm. but I was feeling awkward and kind of angry that he wasn't being normal. <laughs> right? <laughs> then I had to stop. Is. Well, I know. That's why I put in quotes, right? Right. So, um, and that's a lesson, I think, for all of us, right? Yeah. Yeah. And so, but now that you've um, you've opened a dialogue with him, now he will feel free to discuss with you about it that maybe maybe he was feeling uncomfortable maybe he didn't know quite how to relate to the new boys um you know some people are just more naturally shy Mm -hmm. and um they kind of need some helpful tips on how to navigate social situations but now that that door is open to discuss it now you can talk with him before they come over again and maybe he can feel a bit more comfortable the next right. time, right? Because it's not about – he wasn't trying to be rude. I know Ethan. He's not a rude kid at all. Not at all. Right. Even more importantly, that in the meantime, he's not feeling ashamed. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. That he won't feel embarrassed. So that way if they come over again, he's not like, oh, my God, I'm so embarrassed they're here. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Or, you know, worried that they might be thinking that he's strange because – you would have asked him, why are you acting so strange? 
right? Exactly. You would have implanted that thought into his mind. Right. When he's just feeling uncomfortable, exactly. he didn't label it as strange. Well, right. when I ask him, then it turns into that, mm-hmm. right? Like there's something wrong with you. You're rude and mm-hmm. you're strange. I think Great. we so often um, expect that our kids are going to just naturally know how to navigate every situation that mm-hmm. comes up, that they're going to know all the social rules, all the social cues. And some people, I believe, are more born and in tune with that, um, but others are just not. A lot of people aren't. A lot of people aren't. But we expect our children to be, even though most adults don't seem like they are. I agree with you. Yeah. So let's then talk about some tools, as I had mentioned, right? So I kind right. of touched on one tool uh, in that situation. What are some other tools, especially in cases where um, the moment is emotionally charged? Um, and these are situations, again, when your child is misbehaving in public. Okay. So not just being different. Right. right. This is when your child is being difficult, not being appropriate. Right. And um, let's quote uh, therapist James Lehman again. He says, you need to focus on your child's behavior. It's not about you. It is about your child. Rather than be swept away by our own emotions or worry about what others may be thinking, he says, ask yourself, what does my child need from me right now? Hmm. Even though it may be difficult to remember And I think for some parents to believe, but the child is acting out because not just because he's a brat, (laughs) but they actually need help and reassurance. Yeah. So the way to um, be successful in this and to increase your success of being able to focus on your child is to first make a plan. Make a plan for what happens when your child acts out. Um, if you do, you'll feel less embarrassed and more in control. So let's say your family is going to a neighborhood barbecue. Before you leave, take your child aside and say, remember, if you swear at me, yell, or are rude, we're going to go home. And you're going to get a consequence for that behavior. So Layman says, make your boundaries clear to your child so that they know what is expected of them. And they know what the consequences will be should they cross them. Now, your child may say that he understands But even with the procedure spelled out, he may start to yell and curse at you in front of the other guests when you ask him to wash up. (laughs) So Lehman says, first of all, at that moment, understand that this experience is still going to be embarrassing. You cannot take away your feelings. True. He says, look at it this way. You can learn judo, carry mace, but when you go into that parking lot at night, you're still going to feel afraid. So yes, you can make a plan, but know that you're still going to feel embarrassed. Right. Okay, that, that, that's still going to come. But you can have a plan for how to respond. And part of that plan is to, very important, I like what he says here, don't justify yourself or your actions to the other adults who are around. Just leave. I like that. Tell the host, listen, I'll call you later and go home. Don't start making excuses and blaming yourself. How often does that happen? All the time. All the time. I'm, I shouldn't. I'm trying to not say I'm ashamed of myself, but yes, I I don't like that I have done that. You scramble like you're you're just scrambling to make sure the other person isn't offended. Yes, you you you're just you're you're so um, embarrassed that Mm -hmm. you or your son caused someone else to be uncomfortable. Right. Uh, when really know. it needs to be focused on what does my child need right now? Right. What right. happened to cause this to happen? Mm-hmm. So um, he says, don't be on the defensive. 
Don't explain your decisions to other people. It's none of their business, actually. Right. Mm, like that. <laughs> Unless your child did something to them. Yes. Okay. So if he's like yelling at you, if he kicked a trash can, if he threw something on the floor, you know, any of those things where he's acting out, don't worry about what other people are thinking or saying. Show the host you're dealing with it. Tell them you'll be in touch later. Right. Okay. So instead of asking other people for forgiveness for your child's inappropriate behavior, because that's what we want to do when we're embarrassed. Right. Right. Give your child what he needs and don't overexplain your actions. You might have an urge to apologize for your child's behavior problems, but don't do it. It's not healthy for you. Instead, he says, you can call the host of the party later and say, you know, I'm really sorry my son did that, but we're dealing with it. Yeah. Yeah. I needed to hear that. Yeah. I need to hear, quit apologizing. I think we need permission. I'm glad that he's giving people permission to focus on their child and not worry about the other yes. adult. Now, keyword being adult. Adult, people that I am not responsible for, people that are not, they don't have anything invested in my family and I don't have anything invested in theirs. I think that we really need for the other adult or the other grown-ups to be grown-ups and say, you know what, this is a child and the child does not always know how to behave appropriately. Yes. And we need to be compassionate and allow this mother to take care of it. Right. Instead Step of judging. Step back and let her do her job. That's right. So he says, keep the focus of the interaction between you and your child and on what he needs from you, not what the other adults around you need. What your child requires in this case is some direct, immediate attention. The more you are able to respond in these situations and follow through consistently, the more you'll strengthen the parts of you that can defend your psyche against the criticism, and the more your child will change his behavior. Right. After the child has acted out and you're driving home from the party, the mall, or school function, you should not be replaying what you imagine everyone thought about your child's be behavior or what they're thinking about you because often parents will go, oh, man, they looked at me like I was an idiot. But you need to forget about that. He says you can't replay those feelings because it will only make them worse. Be careful of these negative thoughts because they will block us from being able to focus on our kids. So a helpful thing to say is I can't change the past, but I'm doing what I can about the problem right now. Right. Right. And I think um, there's uh, another therapist who gave really good advice because I see parents doing this mm -hmm. all the time and I've done it. Don't respond by embarrassing your children. Oh, so, for yes. example, don't correct your child loudly by saying, you shouldn't have pointed out the fat man, okay, <laughs> standing, you know, next mm -hmm. to them. Because then he won't understand why, if the man's feelings are important, why his own feelings are important because yeah. you just embarrassed him. Tell him quietly and later provide a full explanation about why that hurt someone's feelings. So I have a perfect example of that where my child had a great need but didn't know how to um, correctly express it. Um, so, it, again, same kind of setting, playground. It was uh, lunchtime between classes. And it was especially hot that day. Um, for those listeners who don't know, we live in Houston, Texas. <laughs> So uh, pray for us. It's hot. <laughs> and it was one of those days, you know, it's close to summertime and temperatures were in the mid 90s. And um, a mom comes around the corner and says, 
your son's freaking out. You need to come over. And I said, okay. So I'm like thinking, oh, God, what is it now? So I come around the corner, and there's a mom standing there. And I see my son with tears in his eyes, and his face is beet red, just so red. And he's all sweaty, and he's crying. This mom comes running up to me, and she's angry. She's very, very angry. And she says, do you know what your son did? Oh, gosh. And I'm like, no, what happened? She goes, he was banging on the door trying to get into the building. And I told him that it wasn't time to come in. And he was just so rude. And he yelled at me and told me that he didn't have to listen to me because I'm not his mom. Clearly, she was very offended. But I wasn't there. I didn't see the whole thing act out. I know that my son, if he's banging on the door, there's a reason, right? <laughs> so you were able to think that right away. Like, right. oh, I like, wonder why he on? so wanted to go in. Right. So I, I looked at her and I just said, okay, thank you for letting me know. I'm going to go talk to him. So I, I went and got him and, and we walked, you know, away from the crowd so that we could speak privately. And what had happened was he was getting very overheated and he didn't know where I was. And he couldn't understand why they wouldn't let him go sit just inside the building. And he started to panic is what happened. Right. Because he's overheated. He didn't know where I was. He was thirsty. And, um, and so I said, okay. I said, thank you for letting me know. And then I explained to him, you know, what he could do different, you know, if this situation were to happen again. And then, of course, that banging on the doors is not the right call. And that also he does need to listen to the other adults that are responsible for watching the kids on the playground, right? So um, we went up to, I said, I said, you need to apologize to her, you know, for, for yelling at her. Even though on the inside, <laughs> because of the way she spoke to me, I kind of just wanted to let it go just because of the way her attitude was. But I knew that I needed to set an example for my son. For your son. Right. right. You were focused on your son and yes. making this a learning opportunity. Right. Right. So we walked up to her and he apologized and her face immediately changed. You know, she, she seemed to soften and, um, you know, it was all okay in the end. But, um, so what, so this is an improvement on your part because what you could have done is really jumped on him for being rude. Right. That could have been the first thing. It could have been. And if he tried to explain himself, you could have just shut him down and Mm -hmm. and say, I don't want to hear it. Right. Uh, You are not to behave that way, and you're going to stay out here. Right. Right. Exactly. But you didn't do that. No. And so bravo to you. Oh, thanks. You accomplished both things. You were able to get him what Mm -hmm. he needed, but also let him know that there's a better way to express yourself when you need something. Exactly. And one thing that I've learned with my second child especially is that in any emotionally charged situation – the first thing I need to do is to get my child calm. And the reason why is because even studies have shown, uh, studies of the brain have shown that when we are emotional, the area of the brain that processes logic and reason literally begins to shut down. And so I can't even begin to reason with my child until he or she has had a chance to calm down. And this is true with anybody I really. was going to say with anybody yes. I need that then I can start to ask questions and find out what caused the outburst because usually there's always a reason right and after he's had a chance to express himself or herself then I'll kind of assess you know what happened 
um, discuss any corrections or reconciliation that needs to be made. And if there's a consequence that needs to occur for poor behavior, you know, we can deal it out at that time as well. Um, but one thing I've noticed is that some parents don't seem to understand when they see this approach. And I tend to think that it's because maybe they're used to the more authoritarian approach, you know, that I mentioned earlier. Uh, for instance, you know, the mom who yelled at me, you know, about my son banging on the door. She was so upset that he yelled at her and I could tell she wanted me to just take action immediately. And, you know, I can only speculate what that would have been in, in my mind. But at that moment, I felt that she would have been totally satisfied with a public ass whooping, you know, <laughs> like like she was looking for justice, oh, you know. And I think I shocked her a bit when I simply just said, OK, thank you for telling me. Let me calm him down and talk to him. Okay, so now in the second case, when our kids embarrass us unintentionally by being themselves, how do we diffuse an emotionally charged situation? According to Teresa Graham-Brett, a therapist um, who wrote in ParentingForSocialChange.com, she says, open yourself up to the feelings you're experiencing. Accept all of your feelings, whether it's fear, anger, anxiety, sadness, embarrassment. Hmm. And what can, ha- what can really help with that is by naming the feelings as they arise, because otherwise you may try to ignore them because you're feeling anxious, right, when they come up. So you want to you wanna bury them. You want to avoid them, but that will not make them go away. If you start to feel overwhelmed, deep breathing will help. So here's an example. And notice that first the thoughts will arise and then the judgment will follow. So... If I let her cut her hair, she'll look horrible and everyone will stare. I'll be ashamed when I take her out. My parents or in-laws will say crap about my parenting again. I hate it because I love how she looks with long hair. Or the parent might think, I should let her cut her own hair. If I don't, I'm not being a respectful parent. I should be comfortable with this. What's wrong with me? So do you notice how the thoughts first came and then the judgment about the self then came? So the key is to observe yourself doing this, then try to accept these strong emotions and know that this need to control may be a a reaction to the past. So you can ask yourself, I wonder how this is related to my childhood or where is this coming from? Pause and be still, breathe, and sometimes the answer will come and sometimes it won't, but that's okay. It might come later. Graham Brett says, if we don't do this and don't create awareness over how we frame the situation, it may influence how we interpret the present. Instead, she says, to engage in a dialogue with your child. Ask open questions to see how they feel versus trying to get them to see how you feel. (laughs) Mm -hmm. That's a novel thought. Mm -hmm. If your child was a target of teasing, you might say, hey, how was the park today? What did you think of that situation? What did you think of the person you were playing with? Open-ended questions. Yeah. So this um, really touches on the example that I gave with um, Ethan, right? Mm-hmm. Where I had all these, um, where I had these feelings, but then I was able to ask the question: How is this related to my own childhood? You know, sometimes it's little simple things that embarrass us about our kids when 
they're not doing anything wrong, but it, it is, like you say, bringing up some of those old insecurities. So yeah. my, my daughter's a young teen, and she had received um, some of my brother's old shirts that she thought were really cool. They were in his garage sale pile. And um, a couple of them are so old, they have holes in them. And while they are kind of vintage, um, I, I guess to me it just looked a little trashy because yeah, the holes the holes right and it was bringing up old insecurities that I had you know being in public school and wanting to dress a certain way you know you wanted to avoid being made fun of and you want to fit in I had to remind myself she doesn't care about that stuff at all which is wonderful I like that I love that about her so I kind of just had to take a step back and say just let her wear the shirt right you had to remind yourself mm-hmm. that, hey, I like that. Yeah. Right? Right. Because otherwise you're stuck back there. Exactly. So uh, that's what makes parenting so hard because it takes not only courage, it yeah. takes a lot of work. It's right. a lot of work. It's so tough to see ourselves clearly. It's a mental game. Very much so. It's mentally exhausting. It is. Uh, because our, our motives are so murky. Right. Right. You have to... You have to understand yourself in order to, as much as you can, yeah. in order to parent your child well. Yes. In order to really bring them up uh, without them needing a therapist <laughs> too much later on. You know, but it's true. So um, we really do need to become more enlightened beings, do We do. Don't we we? do. I mean, we laugh about it, but um, it, it is definitely... Uh, the better way. Um, And one of the ways that you can do that is create space daily to reflect, to journal. I think they're all necessary for a clear-headed, selfless uh, parenting uh, sort of way. Yeah. Yeah. So if you parent a child who is having behavioral issues, experts say the key to changing actions is consistency. They need to know clearly that poor behavior equals consequence over and over again until there's no doubt left in their mind that this behavior will not benefit them. So some examples might be, you can't go on that play date today, so you'll stay home with me or the babysitter. Or you do not get a treat today because you yelled at the store when you didn't get what you wanted. Or maybe for the older child, You lost your phone for the rest of the week for being disrespectful to me at the party. That one actually works really well. Mm -hmm. I have a teen, so I can Mm -hmm. attest to that. You have to be consistent because kids will test your boundaries over and over and over again. It's almost as if they're waiting to see that you'll really follow through each and every time. Yeah, I think it's great because you're teaching them to have healthy boundaries, Yeah, which is uh, going to serve them That's in the long run. That's a good point. Very much so. So really, you know, uh, let's talk about the long-term strategies for preventing or responding to public tantrums and meltdowns and just generally poor behavior. How do we tailor our response when we're embarrassed by our kids? The general long-term strategy is to do inner work yeah. because so much of all of this is tied to um, to our own issues. You know what's amazing? It seems like every time we want to discuss someone else's problems or their issues, we always realize it all comes back to us, it right? Does. We, it does. We are only responsible for ourselves. We have to work on ourselves before we can begin to deal with someone else. That's the, the truth over and over and over again yes. is to see that. Um, so there, this, uh, so 
focusing on inner work is the entire basis for, for the approach that Dr. Shafali Sabari takes. Uh, she is the New York Times bestselling author of The Awakened Family, which shines the light on parents when kids misbehave to reset the relationship so that it does not become one about control. She says, our children are effective mirrors because although we can divorce our spouse and abandon our friends, our children are here to stay. It's in our relationship with them more than any other that we are challenged to examine those aspects of ourselves we would ordinarily deny or avoid. In addition, she says, our expectations are a disguise for our fears and unmet inner needs. Hmm. I really like this. I do too. As long as we are unconscious about how these fears drive us, we will continue to push our children in unhealthy me versus you dynamics. Unless we awaken to how how our issues are projected onto our children, we will keep them stuck as pawns in our own dysfunction. Engagement is fundamentally different from expectations. Where our expectations come from our heavily ego-based agendas our engagement with them comes from a very different place, our hearts. Hmm. She gives this example. So often what we do is react. So someone reacting would say, stop playing with your phone when I'm talking to you. I can't believe you haven't studied for your test. Put your phone away or I'm going to take it away for good. An authentic expression from the heart would be this. I know you don't notice that you're being distracted right now. I can see that you are unconsciously avoiding your test. Can I help you make a plan so you can best prepare for it? Now, if that's too subtle for you, then I'm afraid you don't see the consequences of your choices at this moment. And as your parent, it concerns me. I need your help to remind me that you know how your choices are going to affect you. Can we talk about your decision to not study and how we can shift this energy in you? And if that's not your forte, yeah. if that's if that doesn't feel right, then how about this one? This one's the firmest one, but it's still from the heart. Right. I see you're unable to keep yourself from your gadgets. I will give you another five minutes to settle into your responsibilities on your own. However, if after that time you're still allowing yourself to shirk your duties, I'm going to need to take away your phone until your work is done. I don't want to be put in this position of taking your things away, but I need to see that you're able to regulate yourself. I mean, these are classic I statements. Yeah, I statements instead of you, 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 you. They're assertive rather than aggressive or passive aggressive. Mm -hmm. This is the most positive, heartfelt way to express yourself that is not about triggering that other person's defensiveness. And you can still be firm about your expectations too, but you're also communicating to them that you care and that you're an ally and that really the heart of you trying to do any kind of discipline is really to help them, to help them grow. Yes, so I love this. Um, I hope parents can take something from this. I can because at the oh, moment, me too. I tend to a lot. be the reactive. Yes, and I'm learning to be the assertive. Yes, that's definitely something that my husband and I are actively working on in our house. And fortunately, there is a lot of help available from websites, blogs, and books. There are many places that we can go to find the methods that work best for you and for your child. Um, Here's just a few of them. So one is uh, Love and Logic Method, or The Love and Logic Method. They have many books, videos, webinars. There's a website. If if you Google Love and Logic, you'll find them. 
And then there's a book called How to Talk So Your Kids Will Listen and How to Listen So Your Kids Will Talk by Adele Faber and Elaine Maslish. I don't know if I said that right, but I tried. And then um, as Christina mentioned earlier, there's The Awakened Family. And then there's EmpoweringParents.com. And I am personally recommending this one for those parents of picky eaters whose mealtimes have become a battleground. I highly recommend the book, What's Eating Your Child by Kelly Dorfman. We hope this episode has been helpful to all the courageous parents out there who ultimately want the best for their kids. Leslie and I are learning along with you. We are definitely not experts. We're (laughs) not licensed therapists. No. So please talk with family and friends or seek professional help if you find you are often feeling overwhelmed or depressed. Right. Uh, You do not have to go through this parenting journey alone. If you enjoyed the show, please leave us a review, subscribe, and tell others to join our Gritty Conversations. We are a new show, and your reviews are huge in helping others find us. If you are interested in being a part of the show, we will try to list the upcoming topics on our website. So go check it out and see if there's one that really resonates with you at grittygirlspodcast.com. We will set up a call in line where you leave your thoughts that we will try to include in those future episodes. We'll also host bi-weekly Twitter chats, so follow us on Twitter and Facebook. Look for our handle, at Gritty Girls. We're also on Instagram, where you can watch our journey unfold, at Gritty Girls Podcast. We have only one rule, enter the conversation with an open mind. Thank you for listening. Until next time, listen to understand, seek out growth, and keep the heart and mind open. So... If you are a parent who is having behavioral issues, experts say that the key... If you're, wait, if you're a parent who's having behavioral issues? Oh. <laughs> is that what I said? <laughs> oh, yeah. I know a few of those. There's a lot of parents that have behavioral issues. Sometimes it's me. 